Seahawks fans wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Everybody. Welcome into the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Welcome to our new intro. Welcome to our new studio. This is our second show in the new updated format uh, where we do uh, three half-hour shows a week. And um, so welcome in, Keith. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, except for that intro like kind of startled me. I was like, whoa, that was loud. <laughs> um, that yeah, was well, awesome, we have a few, we have a few of those, so we, we'll plug in another one at some point. So um, this episode is kind of a uh, a tweener episode. In the first part of our uh, our week, we're going to do some game review stuff. What happened? What's going on um, during the week? Any transactions, news, updates, all that kind of stuff. Second show is going to be a little bit more of an analysis and discussion show around the team in general, what we're seeing on the back end, uh, different players that we want to highlight, what we think that we might need to improve upon, all that kind of stuff. And then the final show of the week is going to be a preview of the upcoming game. And in the off season, we'll change it up a little bit. We'll kind of mix that around and uh, we'll figure that out uh, as we go along. So in this episode, Keith, we're just taking a deeper dive into a few different things. Um, I had kind of a discussion point around um, the Jamal Adams contract is what I brought into the show. And yeah. we uh, the a, reason we need to ahead. talk about that. We, we did our, our little like 10 minute, like add on to our show last week because it, 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 the contract dropped right after we got done recording, but we haven't really talked about the specifics. So yeah, well, um, it's good you- to have Jamal Adams in the fold, but man, was it expensive, <laughs> you know, and it, it just is. We knew that going in. That's not my, we money. knew that when we made the trade, right. We talked I think you initially were like, no, this is way back. It was like, yeah, maybe we can get away with like 13 or $14 million or something like that. I was like, no, 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 no. He's going to ask for, he you is. know, I was looking the- at, I was just looking at the franchise tag value and being like, yeah, right. If we give him more than the franchise tag value, like would, won't he take that? Like yeah. you're, you're going to make 9 million think, this right? year. You're going to make uh 12 million next year. If we offer you 13 for both of them, you should take like that's like it's money in your pocket. Um, but no, it was 17. <laughs> yeah. Well, 17.5 average over uh, each year, um, which is top the 15.25 million. Uh, that was the previous high Justin Simmons from the Denver Broncos. We just saw him the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting though, uh, to get up to that $70 million. There's also $2 million of incentives added to that. So I thought we'd just break this down and kind of talk about it. Um, they actually saved some money in 2021. We assume that they probably would try to do that. And they in fact did. They got a base salary of $1 million with a bonus of 5 million. That 5 million carries forward throughout the, the remainder of the, uh, the years as well. So $6 million, well, actually a $5 million total cap hit, um, for 2021. So that actually is down from the 9.28, I think million dollars that he was scheduled to make um, for the 2021 season that gives them a little bit more flexibility to take a look at a guy like you know Atkins maybe bring back a guy like KJ Wright 
um, maybe extend a guy like uh, Quandre Diggs or even Dwayne Brown. Yeah, I mean, we kind of knew they were going to do that, right? And that w- that's the one advantage of you trade for a guy, he's got no dead money. So you can take all the money in his current year, make it signing bonus except for the, the veteran minimum. And so he still gets the money because you just give it to him up front and shift that cap responsibility into the future. Yeah. And if you're going to give him a new contract like this and you give him a big signing bonus, he's getting paid the signing bonus money this year. He doesn't need the salary money. Yeah. Um, so you just, you put it all in the form of signing bonus. You'll lower his, um, his, uh, you know, salary for the year down, yeah. down to, down to nothing. And then it just pushes everything out. So yeah. it, it makes perfect sense that they would do this. Now, the question is, what are they going to use that cap room for? And you brought up a couple of ideas. Um, Quandre Diggs would be great. I'd love to see him get re-signed. But ultimately, like Dwayne Brown's the guy. You have to fix the Dwayne Brown situation before week one. You He is your starting left tackle. You've got an offense that really needs him. And, you know, you just freed up some cap room. Go figure out how to make Dwayne Brown happy financially. So Go that way you can get in. How to make Russell Wilson happy. That's really what it's about. Yeah. So second year, 2022, base salary, $2 million. Option bonus, $12.44 million with a total cap number of $9.11 million in 2022. Again, a great value for the Seahawks. That's basically what he was going to make this year. Next year, he was looking at a balloon-type salary unless they could get it kind of turned around. So this is, again, an advantage for Seattle because they get the player. They pay him the bonus up upside, but the the out of pocket in year one and two is totally reasonable for that player of that caliber, and gives some C, the Seahawks some real flexibility as the cap increases. Um, yeah, and, and oh, I was say that that's that's the point that that we can't stress enough here is that yes, they're pushing the salary cap things into the future, but this isn't just kicking the can down the road and and mortgaging the future for the present because the salary cap is about to explode. Those new um, media deals are massive, yeah. uh, even compared to the old ones. So the salary cap is going to go way through the roof. They're going to have the salary cap room to spend on other guys, no matter what they pay. Uh, and a little bit of that comes in in 2023. And, mm-hmm. and, and obviously they know that. It's, uh, his cap number goes up to $18.11 million dollars in 2023 he's going to make that they're not going to cut him that's going to be what he makes and that's the cap number that the team's going to carry forward uh in 2023 which seems outlandish in today's numbers but listen to what keith just said when you take a look at the percentage of what he makes that's the key factor here a percentage of overall team cap the salary cap last year was 180 the year before that it was just under 200 um, no, wait, salary cap this year is 180 and the salary cap last year was 200. I'm, I'm getting my ears. But right. it was projected um, to be at 210 this year if we hadn't had COVID. If we hadn't had COVID. And so it, it was, it was going up like 200, 210, 220, um, by 2023. That was before the TV, before the TV deal. Now 2023 is estimated that it's going to be 260. And wow. then it's going to go up from there quickly. Um, Boy, that's, fun for, that's fun money for everybody. 
Just it throw is. money, Keith. Just throw money. Yeah, you can you can throw a couple a couple of million at me. I would I'll take it. Just give it right here. I know. So twenty twenty four, the base salary goes up to sixteen point five million. There's just no getting around the base salary there, and mm-hmm. the, but the overall cap is twenty three point six one. So this thing really starts to elevate, and they are definitely counting on the overall cap really accelerating. And this kind of a contract kind of proves the fact that they know exactly what's happening on the on the back end that uh, hasn't been public yet. And then they'll get to that point, right? Because he's um, he's 25 now. He'll be 29 um, when that contract kicks in. And so they'll look at that and they'll be like, okay, so do we do we really want him to, ha- to have him play on that big of a cap number? Or do we add three more years to mm-hmm. the deal? Well, that's um, what I was going to say. In 2025, and- the cap number is 24.61 and the base is 17.5. So there's still a difference there of $7 million as far as guarantees. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to cut them, but you might renegotiate. Yeah. It's to say you can get to a point in, in there where you're just like, yeah, let's, let's, let's extend him. Let's give him three more years and, and turn that huge chunk of salary into a signing bonus and push it out even more. And, and you can do that. I mean, this, the salary cap is, it's constraining at times, but we're looking ahead at, uh, these new media deals that are going to be about twice as lucrative for the NFL as the current ones and going, well, half that money goes to the players. Yeah. Well, you know, who's in prime prime position to take advantage of that expansion. Russell Wilson. I'll say DK like he's Metcalf. Got two or, he's got well, <laughs> the DK Metcalf. Yeah. Oh my goodness. DK Metcalf. You're right. That contract, I can't even imagine what that contract is going to look like, but I think it would blow any wide receiver's contract out of the water at the time of signing. Like oh, it's yeah. going to be one of those deals. And Russell Wilson, too. He's going to be the franchise quarterback for somebody, right? If not Seattle, somebody is going to give him that Brinks truck and back it up and just dump it out on his lap. What I'd like to see him do is to keep his salary roughly where it is as the salary cap explodes. And yes, he's going to get a new deal and all of that, but what does that do? Him him keeping his salary where it is means that his percentage of the cap goes down. He'll still be making thirty five million a year. That's I mean that's a lot. So you're thinking about fully guaranteeing a deal to make something like that work? Why not? You know, especially if at at that time he's never missed a, a. a meaningful snap in his entire yeah. career. I mean, somebody guaranteed Kirk Cousins a contract of all people. I mean, you're talking about like just pure average guy. You got a superstar quarterback like Wilson. You, you're not going to um, give him those guarantees. Like, just do it. Wow. And I mean, you, at the time, Keith, we'd probably be, you know, if if he signs an extension, let's just say it's 2023. He, he signs a four-year extension that guaranteed money could could be close to 200 million dollars that but that's the thing is what i'm saying is if, if you're going to fully guarantee it fully guarantee it at less uh so that way you can have additional resources to build a team around him and go win a title like it, he's making 35 million a year now on his aYP um leave it at 35 million you're not asking him to take a pay cut you're just saying, don't ask for the giant raise. Just keep just, it where just it is. Just pay him a boatload of cash up front and yeah. tell him to 
I would be happy. Yeah, give them a boatload of cash up front, fully guarantee everything, and be like, but leave it where it is so we can go pay at least the Metcalf first two or three years. And, yeah, 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 because that's um, that's interesting. I mean, that forecast is just mind blowing. So, what do you think DK Metcalf ends up being at? I don't even oh, know what the God. type wide wide receiver contract in the NFL is right now, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up making north of twenty. 22 23 million dollars he's going to be asking for quarterback money um and honestly he'll probably get it (laughs) (laughs) he seems like a lifer like if there is ever a seahawk you know you you think of bobby wagner you think of russell wilson you know in the past you've thought of cam chancellor sherman all those guys you would have thought that as time went on barring any injury those guys would have been still around and um He's definitely in that category. Oh, yeah. So, Keith, did you bring anything into the show, or do we need to just keep talking now for another uh, eight <laughs> Um Actually, we, you, you mentioned, you're like, oh, I don't know what the um, uh, what the the salary cap breakdown for, for wide receivers is. And I go, you know what? I don't either, but I know where to get it. Um, so keep talking just for so a you second know, too, you, find it. And, okay. And just so you know, too, uh, your your video is completely frozen on the screen, at least on my it screen. Is? So I'm not exactly sure how it's recording, but uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Um, all right. So I'm going to go back to the game against the Broncos really quick. Um, okay. I I saw some some great play from Jordan Brooks. Rasheem Green looked good. Ryan Neal looked good until he got hurt. Alden Robinson looked good. I still have some faith in the, in the game, I, I put out a tweet there, uh, yesterday that kind of said, I'm really disappointed. I mean, it's hard not to be disappointed when you still know the reality that the, that the starters were not there. And we faced a team that was, had kind of a loaded roster compared to where we were at and so forth. But the execution part of it left you just lacking, especially given the performance from the week prior. And then you kind of step back a little bit from that. And you say, okay, what can I get out of the game? I need to go look at individual performances. And I think there was a lot of individual performances that were outstanding, you know, especially DJ Dallas, uh, Shari Crosswell had a game, Lakeem Williams or Lakeem Williams, um, who I'd never even heard of before the game. I kid you not, I missed it somehow. I didn't see him on the roster. And this kid just shows up in in a jersey I've never seen before. And he ended up having um, some decent plays out there. So, so how are you doing on your search? Um, I had to stop it because doing the search caused me to freeze and was making the audio break up. <laughs> all right, and I'm like, all right. You talk for a minute and I'll go do it. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we can talk about the game. Anytime you lose 30 to 3 even if it's a preseason game and nobody cares, it's still like, there's no way you can't be disappointed, right? Everyone's got to be disappointed. There was opportunities for this team to um, make some plays and execute. And yeah, it's the backups and and all of that, but the backups have to be able to perform too. You're going to, if you're going to play, you got to be able to do your job and, and to just get waxed. Um, is it's it's rough now a lot of that you have to give put on the offense and um you know the three turnovers by magoo that led to uh, a big chunk of those points 
the defense played pretty well. And I think that is one of the things is you, you don't have your starters. You don't have uh, Bobby Wagner in there and you don't have Puna Ford and, you know, you don't have a lot of your, your key guys defensively. Uh, Jamal Adams wasn't playing. Um, Quandary Diggs wasn't playing, but the defense still looked good. They still made plays. They still made some stops. Um, but when your offense is, is turning the ball over, over and over again and, and, and pinning you deep and, and making it hard on you, you're going to give up points. Points isn't, you know, I mean, obviously it's the one thing that matters, but it doesn't point to how well or well or not the defense played if the offense is making all the mistakes. So now that I've killed some time, you have the uh, wide receiver numbers? Yeah, well, I don't have per year. Um, I got the contract value overall. And um, like Amari Cooper's at 100 million. Mm-hmm. Michael Thompson's at, or Thomas is at 96 million. Odell Beckham, 90 million. Mike Evans at 82.5, et cetera, et cetera. So I would imagine those are four and five year deals. Tyler Lockett's down at number 10 at 69 million dollars. Oh my, I mean, just, I'm just listing these like they're, you know, it drops off pretty quick. It's, it's crazy. Right. But, you know, the overall value of DK Metcalf's contract is going to be Amari Cooper at number one. Now we're talking probably next year at the earliest they would extend him. It would be smart for the Seahawks to try to do that. Um, I don't know exactly where DK Metcalf would be in that equation, but um, five years and uh, $25 million, you know, or, or 20 million, five years, 20, 20 million, 20 million a year. That puts you at a hundred. It's probably going to be like 23. You would think. Yeah. Yeah. So, With how much guaranteed? Uh, 50. 48. Wow. So almost half guaranteed, fully guaranteed. That's remarkable, but he's totally worth it. He was a second team all pro in his second year and yeah. he's what, right. 22? This guy's the limit. <laughs> yeah. This guy's the limit. He's already played two years and I think he's 22 right now. Um, he's going to turn 23 this year uh, while he's playing. It's it's just, it's crazy how good this kid is so early. And then you start, you got to remember, this was the last pick of round two. I know. What a value. How did. I mean, that value is almost equal. If not, not, almost. I'm not going to put him in the same category as Russell Wilson. But that Russell Wilson value looks crazy. Now the Tom Brady value in the sixth round or whatever, that's kind of all time-ish. Mm-hmm. But, you know, DK Metcalf's going to be in that conversation by the time it's all said and done as far as the value. Really, he the really Seahawks could got. be. I mean, you, it, I just, you think about every single team, every single NFL team passed on him once. There's not, you know, you go through, look, yeah, there was, and the Seahawks had to come up and get him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was not a, there was not a team, even the Seahawks passed on him. Um, And, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting. So I've got a question for you. So we're taking a little bit of a longer look at, at stuff right now this week in Seahawks land. Um, is there any position group on the roster that you're, uh, has exceeded your expectations this so far, which is going to be hard to do given the fact that it's been so disappointing, but <laughs> is there, is there a position group that stands out overall that has disappointed you? Given that the starters haven't played and that, um, like Ethan Postick's been hurt and everything. Uh, offensive line's been pretty good. Um, you haven't had Dwayne Brown. You've been out there with the rookie uh, Stone Forsyth at, at left tackle for most of it. Um, 
I don't even remember the kid's name, the undrafted rookie who's excelling at right tackle. Um, you've just got these Jake guys. Burren. And yeah. then Greg Island's out there, and he looks like a monster. He's just as big as um, Stone Forsythe, and they picked him up in undrafted free agency as well. Yeah, I mean, you've got these you've got these guys that, man, you would not have put them on the roster, on the 53. Have you uh, seen Cedric Abuahe at all out there, or have have you heard about him? I mean, I really haven't even heard about him in since uh, Pete said, quote unquote, that he was going to be in the competition at right yeah. tackle. And then he got hurt. And so he, it, the, the job defaulted to shell um, because Abu, he's been hurt. He hasn't, he hasn't been, been practicing and stuff. So, you know, uh, who's had a really good camp is Phil Haynes. Actually he has, he's had a great camp. They've been playing him at guard and center. He's been doing he well there. Gabe, Gabe Jackson has taken him under his wing, mm-hmm. which I thought was really, an that's fantastic camp. because, um, you could be you could be far worse off than having um you know that him as a as a mentor because i mean that's a yeah. it just sets up well i i Haynes has had so much potential he came in as a rookie and he, yeah he was a yeah. well, later no, round pick but, but we both loved it you watch his tape and you're like man this guy was like a man among boys he just mauled people um you know in his college tape and you're like god i know why the Seahawks picked him and they got him in the fifth round and then he got hurt and they're like okay well this is going to be last year this is going to be the year he's going to get a mm-hmm. chance to come in going to earn that job he's in the mix at 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 left guard because you know that um you know uh th- the guy that was there is going to get hurt and so you're just and then he got hurt again and he just didn't ever get in there and we ended up with jordan simmons for most of the year and that went mm. poorly Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but F- Haynes has, has been there. He's been healthy. He's looked good. He, he's so that getting, gives me some confidence on the guard depth. And yeah. I, I got to tell you the, the stuff that I've been hearing about Jake Curran gives me a little bit more confidence on the tackle depth than I had because while a Cedric Abuahe might be fine, uh, longer term this year, come back from injury and so forth, we, we could be pretty well set having a guy like Jake Curran, especially if he could be a swing guy and go over there on the on the left side if needed. But I do like the idea of having Stone Forsythe over there, regardless of growing pains. That's a guy that's specifically a left tackle on this roster, and that's really only where he's going to be. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned the fact that he could go back and forth just to get some experience and some rotation. Well, I wouldn't, so I wouldn't jump him back and forth like, oh, you know, um, we need him for a few snaps. And so he goes in and plays right tackle for six snaps and then comes back off. And then, uh, you know, and and I wouldn't do that. What I would do is leave him at left tackle. And if you re-sign Dwayne Brown and add an extra year, then you go ahead and you put Forsyth at right tackle as a starter. So he's only playing one side. And then you get to Mm -hmm. another off season, let's say Dwayne Brown retires or they decided to move on and you're going to move store for, Stone Forsyth over to the left tackle, he becomes only a left tackle. So you just leave him at one and the other. Don't bounce him back and forth. Um, leave that to guys like, you know, Curran or Abuhe in order to let those guys be your swing tackle. Um, let let Forsyth commit to one and learn what he's got to do with that because he's got that high-end talent to be special. So there's um let's talk about the wide receiver group for just a minute. So we've got 
Peddler Lockett and DK Metcalf at the top. This is unquestioned, probably one of the, the top tandems in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Behind that, we just have a bunch of players that are really kind of stacked up together. Uh, you take a look at Dwayne Eskridge, who we haven't had a chance to see yet, but all indications are he's just going to really kind of develop and be be that third wide receiver. And then Freddie Swain is sitting there. He's dependable. He's not uh, flashy. He seems like one of those guys that's going to be able to, to do a lot of things well, but not great. And then you've got Penny Hart, who's really flashed, and then he got a little nicked up. Haven't seen him in the last game. Aaron Fuller, Cody Thompson, Cade Johnson, et cetera. Behind Cade John- that. Cade Johnson looked pretty good in this game. He, he did look good. He had three catches, 34 yards. He had seven targets, but some of those targets were terrible. Mm. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. they were they were just not anywhere near He's him. He's definitely but- a guy I would definitely want to see more of, just yeah. given the where what he was coming into the draft, didn't get drafted. It seems like uh, everyone's had good things to say about him. He just needs the opportunities and, and the snaps and so forth. So with Penny Hart out, I think that gives him an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne Eskridge as well. You know uh, who's ha- who's having a really good preseason and looks like he's going to be a, a, a solid uh, contributor to his team? More in Carolina. You know, the guy that was the third wide receiver in Seattle that we just always wanted to replace, and now mm-hmm. we can't seem to. Yeah, he, David Moore. He's in, yeah. He's looking really good for Interesting. Carolina. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of <laughs> got boxed out here in a sense, and then when when our uh, you know Shadi went there and, and the GM um, is there, I I I'm happy for him. Yeah. You know, another guy that um, who was the defensive end guy that that we drafted never played it down for us. Malik McDowell. Yeah. Malik McDowell got minutes this last week and it apparently was the highest rated defensive player. Was it Cleveland? I can't remember for sure where he's at now, but anyway, it's good, it's good for him to have a chance to get back in the league. I, I mean, so. yeah, uh, he was out and had the, the, the brain injury. The team was really worried about it. And then he just, he dropped weight. He, they drafted a guy at, um, 297 you know, was, pounds or whatever he was. Yeah. It was like 297. And yeah. then, he came in, you know, for one thing, and he was like at two thirty, and they're like, "Wait, what?" And that's when they, I mean, they knew he wasn't gonna ever play for them, um, and so just it, it was just a really weird situation. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. but the fact that he's out, he's um, back with an NFL team means his body's healthy, means hopefully his brain's healthy, and um, good for him. Like, yeah. I know people are all like upset about you know how oh, the seahawks like shouldn't have drafted him and then now he's going to be good for someone else well, i don't care um you know what good for him for for getting things back together and um nothing but but uh good wishes for the guy yeah you know there's other stuff that we could talk about on the roster i think i'm gonna we're gonna save it we've got a game coming up this weekend we're gonna have another show on uh i think probably out on friday that will um talk about the preview against the chargers for our last preseason game. So there's a lot of players, a lot of things that we're looking for in that game. Since we really haven't seen much now, it, I think the expectation level is a little bit elevated uh, considering Pete did come out and say that the starters will be playing in this game. So um, better. also I kind of uh, started the show and didn't really talk about our, um, our new affiliation with the national podcast network, the pigskin podcast network, which gives us a little bit more opportunity to get out there 
a little bit more reach. It's great to be affiliated with a really nice organization. And uh, the one change I think you'll see after September 1st is that we'll read a little bit of an ad up front. There won't be uh, talked with all sorts of ads throughout the show, but I think we'll have at least one up front uh, that we'll talk about. And, um, and we'll come out with three shows a week. So Keith and I have kind of put our heads together and thinking, you know, we record these great hour and a half conversations, but is anybody really listening that long? And I think we decided that, um, no, <laughs> people probably <laughs> aren't listening that long. I think people have a good half an hour in them. Um, and that's what we've decided to do is record will say three that, half hour shows. I will say the analytics, um, on our, our show, uh, surprised me on how many people reached the end. Um, there, there, yeah. there is a good number of you that, that did that listened to all of it. And I appreciate I, I've heard, you so you much know, privately in, in, in uh, digital messages that, um, people appreciate the long form, sh- uh, show the depth that we've gone into the conversational style that we have and so forth. Hopefully we can retain some of that and get into depth in the segments within the half hour that we, that we're trying to do. And we'll keep working on that until we kind of get it down a little bit. So I appreciate you sticking with us, uh, through that transition. And, um, anything else, Keith, and we'll just head out of here and we'll get to the, uh, at the end of the week, we'll, we'll queue up another show. Yeah. So, um, come back with us, uh, later in the week, we're going to preview the next game and, and look at, uh, what's going ahead the last preseason game and, and what that's going to do to the roster as they, they get ready to, um, to set the 53 man. Cool. Awesome. So find Keith there scrolling at the bottom of the screen. So we've got a few new toys to, uh, to play with in our new studio. In fact, we've got a lot more in the future that we'll, that we'll bring in over time as we get used to this thing. But <laughs> there it is right there. Um, um okay, no, 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 I put it back. <laughs> follow Keith at Myers NFL. I'm at NW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com has all the shows, all the archives, the great websites, good resource. Also a lot of different feeds in there that you can get some current news and so forth. If you still kind of scroll through that website and find us on, um, YouTube. YouTube is one of our fastest growing outlets to, uh, to watch the show, listen to the show and find us on your favorite podcast app. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.